Hello, hello, we meet again. I am your host, Heidi Kumjan, and this is Lifelong Podcast, a show centered around non-toxic living and longevity, and I'm on a mission to make non-toxic living easy and accessible for all. Last month, I had the pleasure of attending the Dear Media IRL event in Austin, Texas, and it was a wonderful, wonderful event where we listened to different panelists, and I got to network with a bunch of like-minded people. And ultimately, I ended up meeting some really cool people. And speaking of cool people that I met, one person that I met was Tori Winders of Host by Tori. We instantly hit it off because we were both podcast hosts. We had some similar interests. And her brand is all about inspiring others to live a life that doesn't have to revolve around alcohol. And she's super passionate about hosting parties and events and dinners and things like that. So she shows people how to host, how to live a life, how to have fun with alcohol not being at the forefront. You know, alcohol can still be a part of it here and there, and she talks about her journey with it, and she uses this term called zero proof forward, which is different than sober curiosity, and it's a really fun episode because we talk about living a life that doesn't revolve around alcohol, and I know that a lot of my audience does the same. And I haven't done any podcast episodes around alcohol yet. I can't believe it being over 50 episodes in. So this has been a long time coming and Tori Winders couldn't be more perfect for this inaugural episode about alcohol and living a lower alcohol lifestyle. So join me in welcoming Tori Winders. Tori, hey, oh my God. Hi, how are you? Good. It's crazy that we met literally in real life a couple weeks ago and now we're recording a podcast. I feel like that's pretty rare in this day and age of being podcast hosts. You know, a lot of most of this is done very digitally. So it's a nice like little plot twist being able to meet my guest beforehand in real life. It's funny because the whole point of those types of events is to do things like this, is to meet other people in the space and hear what they're doing and connect with them. And so I actually feel like this is a really good outcome coming out of that. I wasn't really expecting anything, but to be able to meet other podcasters and then do like a swap situation is really fun. And I love what you're doing. Yeah, likewise. And I kind of went into that event. And for those listening, it was the Dear Media IRL event. They are a huge podcast media company. They probably produce a lot of the other podcasts that are my listeners listen to. But anyways, I went into that event not really knowing what to expect, but I just had a good feeling that there would be some really awesome people there. And this is the best possible outcome, a podcast swap and new connections. And, and you flew in for that. Yeah, I did. It was did. amazing. It's like, so, yeah, it's so interesting, like how many people flew in, which was like really cool to see and, and wanting to like be there and meet other people. I was local, so it was really nice. But yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was super fun. So today we are going to be chatting about the zero proof forward lifestyle. Some people call it sober curiosity. But before we go into you explaining what that is, you are very into hosting. And can you just start by telling everyone how you personally are trying to reimagine the word host? Yeah, I so I moved to Austin about a year ago 
And I've been in multiple cities across the U.S. over the past couple of years. I was in New York for a couple of years. I was in San Francisco for a couple of years. And then my new husband and I just moved to Austin. And so the idea of meeting new people in a city is something that is like really important to me when just moving somewhere new. And, and we went into Austin and really didn't know a ton of people. But the idea of getting people together and having gatherings and all sorts of types of hosting, whether that's casual hosting or if that's more dinner party hosting or cookie exchange hosting. Like I love the idea of the home experience and bringing someone into a home and connecting different types of people. And, and everyone in Austin is really open to that. And so I think the thing that's interesting about hosting in general is that a lot of the time it's focused on the alcohol. And that goes with anything in society, right? Mm -hmm. You can take any ev an event and people are putting alcohol in it, whether that's going to a kid's soccer game or whether that's going on a walk with one of your friends or just kind of going to the park, going out to eat, et cetera. And so what I wanted to do was think of hosting as a way to bring inclusivity and not have the main event be around alcohol, make it around the food, make it around the conversation, make it around the people that you're actually starting to connect when you're there and having options so that people feel included when you're hosting them. And so I love the idea of having drinks that are alcoholic and non-alcoholic and that people can participate in whatever they're feeling and more just creating that atmosphere where alcohol isn't the main event. I love that. And I feel like I need to come to one of your dinner parties because you are just like speaking my language and it's just about like having the options too. And I feel like I talk to a lot of my friends, even those that are quote unquote drinkers, like more into the drinking lifestyle. And I feel that it, there's just like this expectation that you go to X event or X thing and you're just like expected to drink and you need the alcohol to socialize and yada, yada, yada. But I definitely want to talk more about that in a second before we get into the kind of like the socialization aspect and expectation, whatever, with parties that you need to drink. What is the zero proof forward lifestyle? Yeah. And how how is this different than sobriety? Yeah. So how I think about the zero proof forward lifestyle is the first leg of it is starting with sober curiosity. And what sober curiosity is, in, in my opinion, is it's a not permanent state. It's a time that you're able to experiment with a lifestyle that does not have as much alcohol. So you're curious about the idea of what it would be like to not have alcohol as the main event in what you're doing across your life. This doesn't mean that you have to come out of this sober. This doesn't mean that you have to come out of this and, and never, you know, be, be a non-drinker for the rest of your life. It's purely experimenting with this idea and coming out of it and what are the decisions and choices that you're making coming out of that, right? I think for me, going through a sober curious moment, a couple, like a period of six to nine months where I experimented with not drinking as much alcohol what I learned is that this type of lifestyle is something that I want to lean into more. But as I thought more about it, I also realized that there were going to be occasions that I did want to drink. 
and we can get into kind of like things that I've learned from from not drinking as much. But for me, I'm not someone who's sober and I don't feel like I need to be sober. And I, I felt that going through this sober curious period was almost getting me in the mindset of like, I shouldn't drink again. Like, am I going to let down the community I've built around this concept? The streak, the number of days I wasn't drinking started to get into my head. And that didn't feel like the right balance for me. And so what I kind of decided based on this was like I was I went through the sober curious period and now to put a quote kind of label on it, I'm going to be I'm going to have a life that is zero proof forward. And what that means to me is that the majority of time I'm not drinking alcohol because of how it makes me feel both physically and mentally. But there are moments that I'm going to want to lean in and I'm much more careful and considerate about the times that I want to drink alcohol because I know when it's going to be worth it for me or, or when I want those moments. So for example, like champagne at our wedding or a margarita to celebrate something on like a really nice day, those types of experiences feel really worth it to me versus a Coors Light at a pregame at you know <laughs> 11.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. And so this sort of lifestyle, I'm kind of trying to change the narrative around sober curious being this point in time for people, but then what comes out of that and what lifestyle comes out of that. And that's where I see this zero proof forward term coming from. I really love that. And it feels like it's a happy medium. It's almost it's like approachable. a neutral term. It's approachable. Yeah. I think I think people get really scared about the term having sober in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for someone who has been maybe a drinker before. And I was a I was a drinker before. Like I was the person who was coming up with the cocktail bars to go to in New York. I was organizing the trips to Napa when I lived in SF. I was making the the drinks at home and had this cocktail Friday kind of coin term with my husband in COVID. So I was the drinker. And I think that the term sober in the sober curious world is daunting for a lot of people because that's a place that they probably don't think that they'll ever get to in their life. But the idea mm-hmm. of just leaning into alcohol more sparingly and having really great options that don't include alcohol, that feels way more approachable for people. And that's what I'm trying to promote this kind of lifestyle, just because to your point, it it gives people this happy medium. And most people I talk to are looking to drink less, but they're not looking to not drink at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like a mindful approach to drinking. And, you know, it got me thinking there's so many different directions I could go right now but what's top of mind right now is what really resonated with me is when you said you were exploring sober curiosity you might have said this right now I also was just listening to your podcast (laughs) so I heard you say once (laughs) that sober curiosity you were exploring it for a bit and then you were going you had this streak of not drinking yes. and then you had the then you had a drink and then it was like that community almost was like oh my gosh like she's drinking but she's sober curious like can you speak about that like go yeah. into details about that story because i i feel like that'll really resonate with the audience yeah so when i first started my sober curious journey it was in november of 2021 and i didn't drink for a while i kind of came out of that looking to lead this sort of lifestyle, but I thought it was going to be a really big identity shift for me. I kind of told you about being more of a drinker, being known as the the expert in that field almost. And when I was talking to my therapist at the time, she was like, 
well, why don't you just be the expert in non-alcoholic drinks? And I, I never thought about that. I thought about it like that before. Like I want the craftsmanship of like a really delicious drink, but why does mm-hmm. it need to have alcohol in it? Like let's change that narrative. So anyway, I kind of started going down this path and I was building a community around sober curiosity and I was getting a really big high off of the concept of like the streak of not drinking. And it was kind of eating me inside of like, okay, well, if I'm, if I am craving a drink, I should be able to have that, right? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not sober, but if I break the streak, like what happens? Like, what will people think of me? Are they going to judge me for not drinking? Like, are they going to ask me how I decide to have a drink or how I don't decide to have a drink? And that pressure just felt like a lot. And I was talking to, I was talking to people in the community and they were like, ultimately the streak, it shouldn't mean anything. It should, it should mean how the act of drinking makes you feel in that time or how it doesn't, or not drinking makes you feel. And I almost find it to be very similar to how I approach eating now in the sense that like 80% of the time I'm eating healthy, nutrient-dense food because that makes me feel my best. But there's a there's a part of time, 20% or so, that I'm trying the new restaurants. I love new restaurants. I am having dessert. You know, I'm having alcohol to a certain extent, right? And so there are times that I want to lean in there because it's part of life. It's part of what makes mm-hmm. me happy. And having a, a kind of 100% or 0% approach for any of that is too much for me. And so that's the same approach that I, I take with alcohol. Um, and I think by sharing this sort of approachable lifestyle around non-alcoholic brands that are great, how I approach social situations, when I decide to lean in, people resonate with that more because I think the idea of like not drinking at all and people making it seem really easy, it's not the case. Like there is a gray area. And so I try to be transparent around like the gray area can be hard and like here's how I navigate it and here's how I think about it. And honestly, try to just give more inspiration around leading a life that doesn't have to revolve around this. Yeah, that transparency and honestly just being real is what resonates with people and I think what at the end of the day it was what inspires them you know on my end of things I educate about toxins and living a non-toxic lifestyle and I have to remind myself it's like I'm always checking myself as I'm creating content or sharing and reminding myself that this isn't like a 100% of the time thing you need to be perfect you need to like be so non-toxic god forbid I like go out into a swimming pool or like, you know, and then people are, all the crunchy people are coming after me like, well, why did you go in a swimming pool? And it's like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, you can't please everyone. Let, let's, let's just try to be, you know, 80 to 90% of the time, you know, and also just like doing what, what works for you, what makes you feel good. I also wanted to share a little story, I guess, alluding to what you're just saying and again being in this non-toxic world and being a very very holistic person overcoming health chronic health issues through changing my lifestyle which has been such a blessing I'm someone who I would consider myself zero proof forward um I love that term like gonna live by that now trademark yeah no seriously and If I do on occasion have a glass of wine or have a dry hard cider or 
make a very clean cocktail, there's almost, and I've never really shared this, but there's almost like this little bit of resistance that I, or fear that I have about the wine glass showing in the photo of the Mm. food I posted or whatever. And I'm like not a drinker at all. I'm really not. I am probably embrace the zero proof lifestyle like 99% of the time, but there is that 1% of the time where there's a natural, you know, wine or something that I want to try. And there's just so many stigmas. It's like if you're drinking on occasion, there's a stigma. If you're not drinking at all, there's a stigma. And like people always have a, a problem and are in your business. So how, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you navigate yeah. all the opinions and why are that why is it such like a uber passionate thing compared to so many other areas i think the i think the thing here is that people are really insecure about their own drinking their own living their own decisions that they're making and they want to be able to relate to people on the internet and there's also people out there who are just going to to be sad and troll and 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 do those things because that's just how they are. I think the best thing that creators can do and those who are trying to share inspiration is build transparency with their audience around what they're doing and also not feel like they have to explain themselves every time. What I've tried to do is tell people the lifestyle that I'm living and give them the good and the bad. Like I told them after my bachelorette, like I drink too much. I I drank more than I wanted to. I drank more than I wanted to going in, but I had a lot of fun and like that was really fun to me. And yeah, I I don't think I want to do that again for a a long time. And that's not going to be relatable to someone who follows me who's sober, right? That's not the type of content that they're looking for because they're looking to get inspiration for them on their bachelorette where they're going to be sober, right? Mm -hmm. But I think on the whole, what I tried to provide is a balanced view on drinking and brands to try and having the conversation of wellness along with you know the social aspects of it and, and going out and dealing with it in the workplace setting and building confidence ar- around your drinking choices and so I do try to have a, a really balanced and non-judgmental approach but also come at it from a point of view that I'm not going to be sober and if, if that's what you're looking for I'm not the the right person for everything you're you're looking for. And I think in your case, you know, you're trying to build inspiration around how to live a life that can reduce the toxins that are in your life. You're not going to be perfect, but for you it's how can the majority of the time I I help people to make choices that are reducing the amount that they're living with in a daily life, I'm assuming. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to to have that glass of wine or or go in that in that swimming pool. And I think having an approach that's completely one way doesn't feel approachable to a lot of people. And they feel like as if they do have that glass of wine, then that's like, that's the worst thing ever. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it creates this just like really challenging way to live in my mind. And I never want to look back and, and be like, I didn't do that because I was nervous about what, you know, the community online was going to say about me. Like, I need to make the best choices for me. And I'm going to bring them along the way for that. And I, I think it can be really hard, though, as a as a creator in this space, especially as you niche down and, you know, build a build a brand that's focused on a, a really specific topic. Yeah, that's really, really well said. Thank you. And 
shifting gears a little bit here, when it comes to consuming less alcohol or embracing a zero-proof lifestyle, what are some of the benefits one can expect when, you know, reducing their exposure to alcohol? Maybe they're still, you know, 20% of the time having a glass of wine or whatever, but what are those benefits for the 80% of the time? Yeah. So what I've noticed is the first thing being my clarity in the mornings waking up after alcohol in the sleep the quality of sleep that I get is unparalleled. That feeling of waking up on a weekend or even a weekday for work allows me to have so much more clarity and presence in my relationships, in my work that I do for my job and, and what I do for my passion, what my passion project is, how I'm able to show up for friends, how I'm able to show up for my partner, not being irritable, Everything related to like the quality of how I feel in the morning after not drinking is like, like I can't even explain the feeling associated with it, which sounds obviously pretty intuitive, but I think it's not only like the feeling that next morning, but it's the, it's the trickle down and downstream effects of everything related to like your mental health in that state of mind. That's one of the the biggest ones. I think the second is really figuring out what alcohol I I want to enjoy. And so by reframing, when I think about a drink, do I want the alcohol or I just want like a cute drink and a sheet glass, mm-hmm. right? Rethinking that has allowed me to really think more critically around when and why I want a specific drink. And that's been like a really good learning experience. And the third thing that I would say, I mean, there's so many benefits that I've realized, but the third thing is the types of, types of activities that I engage with in, on a weekly or weekend basis. Like, for example, we went to the Dear Media event on Saturday a couple of weeks ago, right? That was a fun, networky event on a weekend. And those types of things, in addition to working out, hikes, trying new restaurants, walking the trail, I'm getting a dog, like pickleball, all like working and on podcasting and things like that. All of those types of hobbies and activities that I pour so much more time into and I've realized that spending time on those things are way more fun to me than sitting at a bar for five hours and the types of people I'm able to connect with and the types of conversations are way more meaningful. So that's also been just really enjoyable to like not think about alcohol as the main activity. I love that you went into activities as well because that was one of my other questions was, you know, what are some activities people can do that don't involve drinking? You know, living in Chicago or, you know, living in big cities, a lot of times drink. Austin's different because it's so outdoorsy. Yeah. It's such a great place to be. But like a lot of cities, they feel so centered around alcohol, but... At the same time, you know, being devil's advocate, it's like, is this an excuse? Like, or, you know, can I work harder to find more things? And honestly, Chicago is, I would say it's one of the most like alcoholic cities. Like it's not in the terms of like people being alcoholics, but it's very alcohol centered. I've, and, and I don't like going to bars personally. I just don't. It's not my jam. I did that in college and I'm, I'm done. 
I met my fia- met my fiance at, <laughs> at a bar, and you know we're we're all good. It's actually hilarious. We met at a bar, but anyways, there are activities, you know, from yoga classes, or I've been really into sound baths. And oh. there was this winter, there was like a sauna and lake ice exposure thing. I forget what they called it, but it was basically like you would jump in the cold lake, and then you'd go into the sauna and like. There are things, it just takes a little bit more work. My fiance also like suggested, he's like, let's go go-karting. Like let's do just like some like inner child things that probably totally. sound so goofy, but it's like, this is so much more fun and more memorable than going and sitting at a bar yeah. personally. Well, I, so I'm originally from Chicago suburbs and I That's have- right a lot of friends who live in Chicago and I think they struggle with the same point that you're making around just sitting at a bar and in the dead of winter and even when I was in New York right that was what people did because it was easy right I think that no matter what people are going to find an excuse to drink whether that's outside or whether that's inside and so I do kind of think that yes Austin has a lot of quote maybe like activities just because in the summer there's like a lot of things to do on the lake now is there a difference between someone being out on the lake and drinking you know white claws all day versus being at a bar downtown chicago and and drinking beer all day at a bar like is there a difference does it matter that someone's out on the lake versus in a bar and so i think kind of reframing around that meaning that there's always going to be an excuse in any activity that you're doing to find a way to incorporate alcohol And if you're wanting to change the narrative around that, I think that you have to be the person to to change that and to think of different activities to be doing, right? And so in the dead of winter in Chicago, I know it can feel challenging because even going for things like a walk is going to be hard potentially given the, the weather. But can you get creative with friends around what you're doing on the weekend? It it maybe doesn't have to be a walk, but are people organizing a sort of like workout class inside? I'm really keen on the idea of scrapbooking recently. Like I really want to start scrapbooking. And so like, do you get a crew and, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, you kind of, you scrapbook and you hang out and talk. And I know that's like very niche. You sound like Lauren Bostick. Well, she gave me the idea. She gave me the idea at that event because she was, what she said, which I thought was really interesting in terms of like thinking about your brand is like, what activities when you were younger did you love to do? That was and, my biggest takeaway too. Wow. And I yes, and and that yeah. that really stuck with me because I was like, I have my my job is not creative at all, but I have always loved the creative aspect of it, it not like collage work, but just like designing and creating tangible things with like pictures. I, I, it's it's hard like for me to describe. Media. Yeah, it's like mixed media. Like I was when I was little, I was making like newsletters and little newspapers and flyers, and and I was always with my mom scrapbooking. And and what actually I gave my now husband a scrapbook for like our third anniversary of you know it was like little receipts and and pictures and uh, hotel mm-hmm. key cards and things like that. And so her saying that, I was like, wow, I've always loved that. And after she said that, I actually went around and started playing around in Pinterest and for my podcast Instagram like I know no one cares about the feed but that like activity was really fun for me to kind of put together and collage together different colors and textures based on my brand 
So sorry, that's a a side tangent, but awesome. I think thinking through what did you like to do when you were younger and how do you elevate that as an adult? I used to swim and and when I was in San Francisco, I was in like a on a swim team there, which was indoor. Like what activities did you do? Like, did you get did you like music? Like, do you want to get back into piano or DJing or, or things like that. I have some friends who've been kind of dabbling more into that sort of lifestyle. Did you have a dog? And so you do want to get a dog in the act of training it and like everything that goes with raising a dog is that super interesting. So I think there are a lot of things that you can actually look into. Thank you, Lauren Bostick, to yeah, your seriously. inner self and like bring those activities to the adult life that may not feel like what anyone else is doing, but it's fun and it's it it creates more joy in my mind than maybe what would be just just sitting at a bar. Now I know that's hard if you have friend groups, if you have big friend groups that are doing those things, but to me like happiness too is about like what's going to bring me <clears throat> joy and and finding other people too that are going to want to participate in those things. Right. Yeah, I mean, you want to hang around people that are somewhat like-minded not that your friends need to be identical to you i think it's you know good to have diverse opinions and backgrounds and careers and all that but like you're i don't know i probably don't really want to hang out with someone that isn't interested in what i wanted to do when we hang out my friend has she actually reached out last week we were gonna hang out this week and she said she wanted to do vision boards and I'm like yeah I have glue sticks and magazines and oh my scissors gosh. and like <laughs> all the I stuff. I was literally so. just going to say that I was going to say two more activity ideas I had was in December a cookie exchange oh, and yes. which I did this past year and it was like so That's fun brilliant. and the other idea I was going to say in January is like vision boarding which I wanted to do with one of my friends here and January got away with away from me because I was planning mm-hmm. a wedding and this whole before April everything was in shambles but I think Your that's wedding also this year yeah it was a month ago oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah we need to chat more about that offline <laughs> yeah because I know you're kind of going through the process right now yeah. but yeah it was a lot so but yeah I think that's also like a really fun idea and and talking about goals and dreams and aspirations and things that historically may have been like more hush hush even if you have a you don't have to have this like entrepreneurial job to talk about those things you can have a you know nine to five and and talk with friends and get ideas and learn learn more about professional opportunities too and I think that's that's also great yeah no it's perfect and for the record the friend that suggested that she works in college athletics and like has a full other job that is not related to being an entrepreneur or creative per se so anyone can do it and these are these are all awesome tips I love the cookie exchange idea and scrapbooking I I want to do that as well when it comes to shifting gears again a little bit when it comes to attending parties or attending events a wedding you know Mm -hmm. places where traditionally it would be hard to not have a drink what are your tips for those people that maybe are sober curious and they're they are looking to go to a wedding or to a bar or maybe they're dating and they they don't want alcohol to be at the center of it what are your tips for those people Mm -hmm. so my my biggest piece of advice here is that if you want to go into an event and not drink you do not need to tell every single person there that you're not drinking Mm, i think that there's this like 
piece, this internal struggle that people have that they feel like they need to be telling everyone and justifying why they're not drinking. And in reality, no one really cares and no one really notices. I have gone to multiple weddings and no one has noticed that I'm not drinking because one, I'm on the dance floor. Two, I'm not like portraying that onto other people or I'm not like pushing that on to Mm -hmm. other people. And I think that's like the biggest mistake that people can make. And it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because you want, you need to feel some sort of justification or you're feeling insecure because you don't really do this that often. And you want to tell people that you're not drinking so that, you know, they're, they're not looking at you in a, a way that they might. But my biggest piece of advice is to go into it with a mindset of that you want to do this for you. You're not doing it for anyone else because if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Like I have a lot of people just say like, I want to do this, but it's so hard. And it's like, well, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to like go ahead and drink and, and have a great time. But if you are looking to maybe not, my suggestion is find a drink that you're going to enjoy and that you can kind of still participate in the act of drinking, but it, it doesn't have the alcohol. So my go-to is usually a splash of grapefruit, a splash of tonic, some sparkling water, and a little bit of lime. For me, mm. and I don't know how toxins fall into this, but the tonic gives it a touch of sweetness and, and fizz that helps to mimic a typical non-alcoholic drink. But the drink's also not super caloric and sugary and and filled with syrups that maybe, quote, traditional mocktail might. So that's one of my go-tos or just a sparkling water with lime. If they have non-alcoholic beer, that that's great for me. At my wedding, we had a lot of non-alcoholic drinks, which was really fun. But, you know, what typically... You at a, so I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the NA world, but... but. It, on Thursday, we had a, oh, you'll actually love this because of Chicago. We had a lose and Brews, so Lou Malnati's and oh. like lose and Brews kind of party at, at my house on Thursday for just like bridal party. So we had Lou Malnati's, which Fun. is in Scottsdale because Chicago, Scottsdale is like a big, or Scottsdale is like a big hub for Chicago people to to kind of go to in retirement. Oh, so we did Lou Malnati's and then we did Athletic Brewing and- okay. We ha- which is a non-alcoholic beer brand that I absolutely love. They have My like really great. Loves it. Yes, it's so good. So we had that, and then we had Gia, which is a kind of spritz drink. That's like mm-hmm. a, it's a bitter aperitif, and then it's kind of mixed to be a more spritz-like drink. And then we had regular kind of tap beer for for other folks. We had that, and then we kind of brought those to the rest of the events. So on Friday night at the rehearsal dinner welcome party, we had Athletic Brewing. And then at the wedding, we had Gia. And my friends cool. who were pregnant there were like, wow, this is the best wedding I could go to for being <laughs> pregnant just yeah, because there seriously. there were op- options. But anyway, kind of going back just quickly to wrap up the point it, on you know being in these social situations is like, do it for you. Get a drink that you're going to enjoy while you're there and and have fun and, and don't let the concept of alcohol potentially ruin the night for you and and that will over time build confidence that you don't need alcohol to maybe have fun and the next day when your friends are struggling and you're feeling like a million bucks like that that <laughs> memory and that feeling for me continues to like be a, a really big reason why I, I don't want to drink alcohol and uh, yeah the confidence will will build over time it can be hard as first hard at first but in reality, a lot of people don't really care. My second piece just on if you're going to other people's houses, homes, mm-hmm. just bring a, bring drinks you like because they're not going to have, you know, probably non-alcoholic 
things that you like. I bring a bag every time with NA beer and Gia spritzes and and things that I like. And then also I'll be like, hey, do you guys want to try this? And if you give them something to try that you love, their first experience with NA, with the category, usually will be a positive one. And I love that. I love seeing people try non-alcoholic drinks I like. That's awesome. And the NA beer, the athletic brewing one, my fiance, he he loves a beer, but he also has tried so many like NA beers because we're just both not big drinkers. And he says that the athletic brewing one is like by far the best so good. one. Yeah. So it's amazing. Are there any other brands people should keep on their radar? I mean, they're having a moment right now. Yeah. Like, so I actually have a podcast that's like everything you need to know about non-alcoholic drinks. Oh. And I have like a free I have a Let free e- ebook too that's like your guide okay. to just like non-alcoholic spirits because it's really daunting, okay. like just the category to know like what's good. Non-alcoholic wine, people are always looking for non-alcoholic wine. There's a couple brands that I specifically like. Studio Null is one of those brands. Naughty, N-O-U-G-H-T-Y is another one of those brands. Athletic Brewing, I obviously love. And then if you're looking to make, if you're looking to make actual non-alcoholic cocktails, like a Virgin Gimlet or a Virgin Margarita, Seedlip is my favorite for that. I love the branding, very minimal in terms of like what's in. Mm-hmm. I actually would love for you to look at kind of the nutrition labels on those and and see what they oh, wow. like how like what that kind of means to you on what they're putting in there. But Seedlip feels like the cleanest to me and they have like a three different kinds which can mimic a tequila or gin or whiskey. So I like that a lot. Other pre-made, yeah, the Gia Spritz is like one of my favorites. I think those like, there's so many out there, mm-hmm. but I think the guide can help people who are just looking specifically on yeah. price point and, and how they would use it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll link all those brands and then of course your ebook and then that podcast episode. Just let me awesome. know yeah, what episode. I, I can dig for it too. And then kind of in closing, Fun couple fun questions. What's right. your favorite mocktail for each season? Oh man, for each season. Or you so, could do just summer. I mean, four is a no, lot. No, <laughs> no. So I, I think for I think for summer, my own take on a Gia spritz is is kind of my go to. It's Gia, the bitter aperitif. You do a little bit of non-alcoholic wine that's like a bubbly kind of like mimicking a champagne and then a, a little bit of LaCroix and an orange mm. slice. It's kind of like Aperol Spritz really vibes, but it's, yeah, it's really good. I absolutely love that one. I think for fall, there's a couple fun like shandies that I've made with Athletic Brewing. So mm. like doing kind of like Arnold Palmer with like beer. I know it sounds a little bit, it sounds kind of weird, but it's actually really good. So I think that's one. I like a virgin espresso martini for like winter. Mm -hmm. I make a lot of like virgin espresso martinis, which are really good. You can do like decaf espresso, but you use some of the non-alcoholic spirits to kind of like amp it up. Yeah, it's really good. And then spring, I would say probably like a spicy Paloma, virgin spicy Paloma is Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. It's super refreshing. Yummy. And are you are you using seed lip for that? Yeah, I'll usually use Seelip for those. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. This has been so fun, Tori. So where can everyone and let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. Upcoming things people should keep on their radar. Yeah. So everything's on my website at www.hostbytori.com. You can find me on socials at 
host by Tori, T-O-R-I, by the way. And I have a weekly podcast called The Host by Tori Show, releases weekly on Thursday. We're going to have Heidi come on. But basically, it's reimagining the word host, more of the creativity, less of the booze. We talk about brand building, entrepreneurship, friendships, how alcohol plays a role into all of that, and non-judgmental conversations to just really have more around the conversation related to, to alcohol in our lives. So that's Thursday. And then the last quick thing is I do have the ebook, like I mentioned, and then I have a non-alcoholic cocktail book called Mocktail Queen, 16 recipes for like really sophisticated non-alcoholic drinks. That's on Amazon. Super easy. If you want to try it out. Really? Yeah. Oh, amazing. I need to link that. I didn't realize it's on Amazon. It's really yeah. Cool. It's easy like distribution wise. So they do yeah. all the printing and whatnot. So. Oh, cool. Thank you. This is great. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.